And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? I just want a picture of a god dang hot dog. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? I just want a picture of a god dang hot dog. Network. It's Thursday, April 1st. When in doubt, make a fool of yourself. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with my top shot hot boy rocking his Manny Ramirez. It's Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Opening day. Yes. Popcorn, peanuts, strawberry slushies. Uh, we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Lily, how you feeling, mate? Got your second dose yesterday. Yeah, not too bad overall. Didn't have a great sleep last night, so a little well. groggy this morning, but I'm not sure if that was just a bad sleep or if it was down to the vaccine, but uh, I'm feeling uh, okay. Thanks. Can we get a shot for your Wi-Fi connection? <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, mate. <laughs> Stop putting so much money into your coffee and boost your signal a little bit. It's getting worse and worse. Uh, anyway, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like, comment, and subscribe. Is Lee frozen or is he just not moving? Oh, boy. I don't know about getting this second shot. Now the man's freezing oh, at every God. opportunity. Oh, oh God. <laughs> anyway, uh, if Lee's oh, Wi-Fi okay. connection Bars here from Brad Beatson. Big groggy sluggy. Yeah. He's yeah. struggling right now. Yes. Come on uh, back, mate. For all of you listeners, uh, Lee is frozen here on the stream team. Uh, if we can get his Wi Fi connection uh, working, we are going to have a new happy hour later tonight. We're going to fire up the live stream at halftime of the Hornets Nets game on TNT. Lee said his buddy, who's a pilot, is going to join us to talk about flying plates. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can make that a reality. There he is. You're back. He's back. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hello to you. (laughs) You are on a hell of a delay right now. Uh, Email us your questions and comments uh, for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Nodunksattheathletic.com. We hit the beach yesterday. That was unfortunately without Lily, but we had a blast. You guys sent in some great questions. Uh, So keep them coming. Nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at Nodunksinc or drop them in the YouTube comments. And finally, immaculate items always available for sale over at No Dunks 
Com. Lee, you with us? Are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I don't know if you can hear me or not. I'm not sure what's going on today. But, uh. yeah. Well, let's just power through it. I mean, if you're a listener to the podcast, JD cleans this bad boy up. You won't even know there's an issue going on here with the live stream. But a bunch of games on last night, guys. Uh, we obviously won't get to them all, but I had some questions for you. And the first one involves Andre Drummond, who actually exited Wednesday's game. Uh, loss, I should say, to the Bucks in his Lakers debut. Bruised right big toe there in the third quarter. Oh, yeah, look at all the band-aids oh, yeah. he's got on there. So he mm-hmm. didn't return. Now, the x-rays uh, on ED2's toe came back negative. So that's good news for the Lakers. But Trey, sort of a tough question because he didn't play a ton. But I guess how would you grade Andre Drummond's Lakers debut? Well, unfortunately, Skeets, I got to give him a D for disappointing. Hmm. Didn't do a whole bunch out there. Four points, one rebound, a couple of assists, and a block. Two of six shooting from Drummond. Uh, the makes, he shot a floater, um, and he had a layup off of a roll. To me, he just looked super rusty out mm-hmm. there. It looked like he hadn't played basketball for a month and a half, you could tell. The block was nice. Uh, he took a charge on Giannis. I think those are both things that could certainly bring value to the Lakers later on down the line, being a big guy, uh, protecting the rim. It didn't look to me, though... Like, offensively, Drummond had a ton of explosion, rolling to the hoop, trying to drive uh, down on the baseline. He got the ball at the free throw line at the high post a little bit. That's going to help the Lakers, I think, while LeBron and Anthony Davis are out, but not going to be a big part of the game for Drummond there in L.A. I was trying to show it off last night. Obviously, the Lakers want to see what he can do, but I'm also giving him a D for that damaged digit. Like you said, left in the third quarter with the toe injury, which was also disappointing because it meant his highlight collection was quite disappointing on the night. You've got uh, the clip of his first points as a Laker, and then instantly a close-up of him messing around with his own toes. I don't (laughs) mind toes, personally. I'm not one of those people that's grossed out by them. A lot of people are, but not a great collection for your first night uh, in a new uniform. You add in the fact that the Lakers lost, and do the math, you got a loss, you got first game back kind of numbers, and an injury on a team that's already banged up. That's a D for me, unfortunately. Yeah, what do you uh, grade this, Lily? Drummond's debut there. Yeah, uh, Brooke Lopez stepped on his toe there, and he lost it. He said, "Straight yeah. up gone." I've had many a big toenails yeah. ripped off my feet from either playing basketball mm. or from straight up running. Uh, I've lost both of my big toenails, maybe three or four times. <laughs> on uh, like it's it's something insane. You gotta it, size up, it, my man. <laughs> it does hurt. It does yeah. hurt. It's painful. Um, it's it's definitely uncomfortable. You can you can play through it. We'll see if he plays in the next game. I mean, you you can wrap it up and sort of tough it out. But what do you think of Drummond's debut? Well, I'll give him an incomplete uh, simply because of that. He couldn't get through the game. I thought while he was out there, he looked about like a guy who hasn't played in well over a month should look. You know, trying to sort of figure out a system and, and going to a team that really is not playing very well. They're missing their two stars also. So it's very difficult for him to go in there and make an immediate impact. I think uh, it's more about just getting some conditioning, understanding the way they play, and also going up against a very good team makes it difficult for him. So um, I didn't really expect the Lakers to win this game anyway. It was more just to sort of see if they could get him out there for extended minutes, but they weren't able to do that either. So, uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't miss any time because when you haven't played for so long and then you do finally get back to a team, you, you need those reps. You need to be out on the court to really show what you can do. So uh, we'll see if he if he's back soon. Um, I, I'm not sure what a toenail missing injury uh, timeline usually is. Uh, as you mentioned there, maybe it's uh, painful, but it's not so painful that you can't play. I'm sure he's dying to get back out on the court and, and, and have an impact and uh, just play again. So um, 
I just think, uh, yeah, watching that game back as well, I was like, ah, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a fun game to watch there either. So uh, I think we just need to give him at least sort of five to ten games before we can have a fair grade for him to see if he can be an impactful player because he should be. He should be a dominant player at both ends of the floor for them or, or certainly an impactful player, you know, rebounding the ball, blocking shots and uh, and then getting some easy baskets for them. And that will certainly help the Lakers. I think they need it. I think at the uh, center position, they are a little thin uh, again right now because uh, Anthony Davis is out. I mean, obviously, when he comes back, that changes things. But Marcus Gasol is not really uh, the answer for them. So they need someone. Well, Marcus little- Gasol, that was going to be my question. He was like not even going to be playing in this game by the looks of it until the Drummond injury. And yeah. then he got a, bit, a couple of minutes there. And, uh, and I, I was a little shocked by that. Uh, were you at all that? I mean, maybe that's just Vogel saying, look, we got a new guy here. Maybe he went to Marcus Hall before the game. So we got to get him as many reps as possible. You may not see any action tonight, something like that. Maybe that uh, was a conversation they had, but um, I thought Marcus Hall actually, when he came in, looked somewhat okay. I know it was tough to say in a bit of a blowout there, but a little surprised that he might be completely buried from the first game, at least, with Vogel's lineups. Yeah, and Marc Gasol has struggled this season, and he's yeah, older. Sure. So, you know, part of the reason the Lakers want to bring in Drummond, I think, is to save Anthony Davis's body from playing the center position the entire time when uh, Davis is healthy again, and to save Marc Gasol's body so that he can be the healthiest he is and playing the best he has this season come postseason time, because they're going to need Drummond and Gasol. There's just big guys uh, that... The, that the Lakers are going to have to match up with, and they're going to have a couple of different options. Like, I'm confident that Marc Gasol will have some good games in the playoffs, even though he hasn't had a great season so far. The guy's yeah. going to, you know, hit a couple of threes in a third quarter, have a couple of assists in a fourth quarter, and he's just going to swing the tide a little bit here. So, yeah, I, I can understand Vogel's point of view here, saying we want to get Drummond involved. We want to see everything he can do on the court as much as we can. And Marc Gasol, just rest up a little here. We're going to need you healthy in a couple of months. Lee, have you ever lost a big toenail? No, I haven't lost a toenail, thankfully. Oh, wow. uh, I've seen yours, though, when you have lost them, and uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. envy you at all. I don't. No, uh, it's yeah. not fun. No, <laughs> no, no. I guess, I guess, though, it's like, you know, because you've lost them both several times, once you lose one, you just become more likely to lose them again. Is that right? I mean... Yeah, I think that sort of tends to happen. Uh, Trey's not wrong. I like a tight shoe when I, when I hoop, and I, I, there's a lot of... Uh, quick stops and goes and yeah you're getting stepped on sometimes sometimes it's not even your doing like you know big old uh Leos's big 13s there probably stepped on my toe <laughs> once upon a time um but it does suck but yeah you get a little more used to it as it goes on then it becomes like uh well oddly cool to rip off your big toenail it's weird but it's uh, I can I mean I can see yeah. the the enjoyment from it, but I don't know if cool is the right word uh, cool. there was a good question from Belinda in the stream team she said when your toenail gets ripped off like that, when it gets hurt like that, bruised, whatever, does it hurt? Obviously, it hurts when it happens. Yeah. But does it continue to hurt until that nail is grown all the way back? No, or does that, no, <laughs> does no, your toe no, no. kind of toughen up? It's like almost like a callus in a weird way, mm-hmm. I think, is what sort of happens there with the skin. So, yeah, no, it, it's painful at first, especially, yeah, like the initial being stepped happens, on sure. or something. Yeah, and it's jammed in. You're probably bleeding and stuff like that. But no, it, it he'll be playing. I'd be shocked if he's not playing in the next game. And I'll say for like an NBA player, his feet weren't that bad looking, right? Like that close up. Usually these guys have the gnarliest feet. And this is coming from someone 
as you we got gnarly feet. I've got gnarly ass feet. I mean, they've, I've done a number on these things. And usually NBA players, like remember Shaq's foot? Like that's one of the most disgusting yeah. foot. I've LeBron's ever seen foot was oh, so gnarled. Gross. People thought he had a sixth yeah. toe. You're yeah. right. You can tell Drummond hasn't played for a month and a half. Yeah. Just getting pampered. Yeah. Relaxing, kicking his feet up, maybe getting a pedicure here and there. They were looking good. They looked fine for an NBA player's feet. Those were fine. All right. Uh, our next question, Lee, you can start us off here. Uh, go anywhere you want. Most impressive win from last night. Again, 10 games on. Where do you want to go? Well, I'm seeing my internet lag here, so I have no idea if this is going to sound any good or not. But uh, I'm going with the Dallas Mavericks victory over the Boston Celtics because uh, it was it was a Danny Ainge uh, close out there from the Celtics. They almost won. Like, they almost make a trade. You know, they almost <laughs> came back from down. But this was a performance. Uh, Luka Doncic was just incredible last night. I, I thought he was uh, a masterful uh, uh, in control of that game. And, and the way that he played, it's funny, if you look at the box score, he was a minus two. Now, that's one of those stats where you're like, how could he possibly be a minus two? He was so good when he was out on the floor. Uh, and he controlled this game from from start to end. And they built up a 23-point lead. The Celtics did come back, as I mentioned there, but uh, the Mavericks closed it out. And um, Luka Doncic, I mean, he's just such a an incredibly talented player. He hit seven threes last night, and... Uh, all seven of them were pretty much gorgeous threes. He would just step into them, step back, <laughs> knock them down, and uh, yeah, he he was a, he was fantastic last night. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Mavs later in the show because I'm still not quite sure what to make of them. But okay. uh, when you see a performance like that from last night, you think I think that the Mavericks are better. Uh, than where they are in the standings right now, where they're seventh. I think they're a better team than that because they have a guy who can just do incredible things and you need to have one of those players. It's just after that, it falls off a little bit. But uh, yeah, fun, fun. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it was one of those ends where you're like, oh yeah, the Celtics kind of got themselves back into it, but they didn't really do it because Doncic was out there and he was just incredible. So great win from the Mavericks. Uh, Porzingis is playing a lot better for this team, too. I know Tass talked about it on What You Need to Know. I heard uh, Dave DeFore talking about it on the Daily Ding. He looks a lot more healthy, and he's contributing, especially defensively, Lee. I don't know what you saw in that game. He's moving better, um, which obviously, if you get KP playing closer to his all-star level back in the day, then, yeah, I'm with you. The Mavs would be a scary first-round opponent, I think, for any team, uh, no matter where they are in the seedings, be it you know, 6th, 7th, 8th, uh, wherever they fall. What did you think of KP last night? I'll hop in. Yeah, Porzingis has really turned it on here, and he is the key to the Dallas Mavericks because Doncic is going to do what he does. Magnificent, like Lee said last night. But when Porzingis is able to give you something offensively and defensively, that is just such a boon to the Mavericks. They made 19 threes last night, and they're going to be tough to beat uh, when they're shooting the ball that well. Porzingis, though, he's been pretty solid uh, since February. Since basically February... He's at 20 points a game, almost 10 rebounds a game, basically 50% from the field, nearly 40% from three. That's exactly what the Mavericks need from Chris Dapp's Porzingis. Sure, it'd be great if he could punish switches, if he were able to be a post-scoring guy, or even work his way to a Dirk Nowitzki fadeaway. He needs a little bit more booty, needs to hit the weight room, get those squats going to really punish smaller guys inside, but... If he's playing his game, if he's shooting threes, if he is bringing it defensively, hitting the glass, that's so big for the Mavericks. And it's not a surprise that as he gets healthier and healthier as the season goes on, he's able to figure out his game a little bit more. Uh, The key will just making sure he stays healthy for the entirety of the rest of the season into the postseason. We know that the second half here is super jammed up for basically every team. 
And, you know, if you if you miss a week here and there, that's a lot of games. And it's a lot of time not playing with your team, not building that chemistry. But great stuff from Doncic, Porzingis, and all the Mavs last night. Yeah, I think Lee is uh, rebooting his computer. So hopefully he'll join us here in a second. And he wants to talk a little bit Mavs uh, a little bit later. But, Trey, most impressive win for you last night. Where, which team do you focus on? All right. The Nets, one of the best teams in the league, beating the Rockets, one of the worst teams in the league. It's like, who cares? Shouldn't be the most impressive win from last night, but James Harden sat the fourth quarter of this one with some hamstring tightness, and I was quite impressed with the big three of Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, and Blake Griffin. 28 points on the night for Joe Harris. He hit seven threes, had a couple of daggers in this one. He is Clay Thompson light, man. He's happy to do his job. When everybody's healthy, he's a shooter, he's a defender, but when there's an opportunity like there was last night for him to kind of move up the pecking order, you can really see how hot he can get, how quickly he can fill up the box score, and what he's capable of as a second option, as a third option. It's just the fact of the matter for the Nets, he's fourth or fifth sometimes in the pecking order, but he's a professional, and he's happy to do it, and then when it's his turn to shine, he really shines. As for Blake Griffin... Come on, man. This is getting ridiculous. The Steve Nash rejuvenation machine, it still works. 11 points for Blake Griffin last night. All of them came in the second half. And to me, this was late vintage Blake Griffin. We're not talking early Clippers dunking on Mozgov era, but kind of similar to late Clippers first season with the Pistons era. We're talking acrobatic reverse layups out of the pick and roll. The guy hit a couple of threes. He hit his own dagger, assisted on one of the Joe Harris daggers. The Nets were using Blake as a playmaker out of the high post. Four assists on the night. And yeah, you guessed it. Another dunk for Blake Griffin. This time, a tip dunk. It's his fourth dunk in five games with the Nets. One fewer than he had with the Pistons during the 1920 and 2021 season, the Nets won this one with a massive fourth quarter run. And honestly, the big three was Kyrie, Blake Griffin, and Joe Harris. This team looks incredible right now. They're the favorites in the Eastern Conference. And I would nearly put them as favorites to win the championship right now. Yeah, first time the Nets have had sole possession of first place uh, in their conference since 2003. Taking it way back. Uh, They're looking solid. And what's the other stat? They've had their big three in seven games together. Seven games, I think, yeah. That's pretty impressive that they have all these Ws, really, despite their, uh, obviously, their best trifecta they're playing together. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, does that end up hurting them in a weird way because they just don't have uh, enough reps? Probably not because uh, they're maybe. that talented. Yeah, I guess it could. I mean, that's what we'll say maybe if they lose. <laughs> For sure. In, in For a sure. Series. But uh, right now, they just continue to rack up the victories. And you're right. Without Harden, I mean, that was – look, that, there was one where Kyrie drove in Felt like he like hung in the air for like three seconds, changed his mind a couple times what he was going to do, and then kicked it out to Joe Harris for, for one of those threes late uh, in their comeback. God, it was so, so special looking. And I don't know, when they wear those crazy tie-dye jerseys too, it makes it even cooler or weirder. I don't know. It's, it's a cool look uh, for that squad. So that was a big one. Yeah, despite playing the Rockets, who were in control of the game. You're, yeah. you're right. It looked like they were going to pull off the victory there for a little bit. And then nah, Net said no. That's but, I mean, one. just look how good this team is. I you know. know, finally, so the Nets have two MVP candidates out. Kevin Durant was in the mix before he went out with his injury this year. James Harden has maybe been the best player in the league since the trade. Both those guys out, so Kyrie Irving just goes for 31 points and 12 assists. Like, 
That's ridiculous. And then they're getting these contributions from the role players in Blake and Joe Harris. Nick Claxton has still been good. This team is, I mean, you don't want to peak in April, but I, I don't really see them falling off. The <laughs> yeah. offense looks like it gets better and better, even as more and more guys go out with injuries. And as we've talked about, Kyrie uh, treats his uh, his NBA gig like a like we treat our our own jobs. Uh, so he'll probably like ask for tomorrow off. He wants to go to the the sure. cottage for the long weekend. Uh, I'll just take some time here, and everybody will be like, "Yeah, it's okay. We'll keep uh, getting the victories. It's okay." Um, my most impressive win. I'm going to go to two teams just to slip them here. One, the Utah Jazz defeated the Grizzlies last night, 111-107. So they keep their winning streak going, but impressive for a couple reasons. This one had schedule loss, like, written all over this damn thing, right? Because, first off, beating any NBA team three times in a row is difficult. They've played the Grizzlies three times in the last six days and beat them all three times. That's tough, and the Grizzlies are a decent team. Pretty weird. Also, they did this. Beating any team without your leading scorer is difficult. No Donovan Mitchell. He did not travel with them in the end. And then beating any team after you had a somewhat scary plane incident... Uh, the day before, and it screwed up all your travel plans, and then you were flying later and all that. You know, again, that's sort of a schedule loss there. That can't be easy. And they got it done. Big part of it was Mike Conley, 13 of his 26 in the fourth quarter, uh, just attacking, attacking, attacking. Clarkson did his thing. Uh, Boyan did his thing. Those guys chipped in 24 and 23 points, respectively. Gobert was great again. Um, so this was just a, you know, a, a really good win. This is John Morant having a monster game, too. And, like, you know, Trey, like, Anytime you beat a team that many times uh, in, in the span of one week, especially a team again like the Grizzlies that are like, you know, turned a corner a little bit, obviously want to get into the play-in tournament. Damn, you're good. This is, that's a really, really good victory in my mind. I, I don't think that one should be overlooked, uh, despite, you know, the Jazz having the best record in the league and all that. that. That, again, is a weird one there with all that stuff that had happened with the plane, no Donovan, and uh, playing the same opponent over and over again. And they still got it done. It was the Conley show late. It was the Conley show, and it was the three-point show once again for the Utah Jazz. They hit 15 threes. Uh, I think my math is right here. They've done that 38 times so far this season. Impressive to begin with. Uh, and I think they're 32-6. and six. I, might be, I might be reading this wrong. Nonetheless, the Jazz are shooting threes incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And they did it again last night. Uh, so, yeah, impressive stuff from the Jazz. And if you are the Grizzlies, you just got to be completely discouraged because... There's a very real scenario where they make it into the play-in tournament, they win their play-in games, they get the eighth seed, and then they got to play the Jazz yeah. <laughs> in the first round of the playoffs. Like, it'll be awesome for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs, especially the way things went down last season, uh, barely missing out. But, yeah, to come in uh, to, to really bust your balls, to get into the playoffs, and then they have to face a team like the Jazz, who are one of the best defensive teams in the league and are pairing it with an incandescent offense this season. That's a tough, that's a tough draw right there. Yeah, um, JD, come on here for a second. Well, is Lee making a coffee? Like, where the hell is he? How long does it take to reboot a computer? Well, I think he's rebooting his internet. Oh, oh well, look at is. that. Speak there of a devil. Look at that. I, he's I'm, back! I'm happy you're back, Lee, and I hope it's working, because I wanted to tell you that Joe Ingles passed Andre Kirilenko for fifth on the Jazz's career assist list last night. Joe's just racking up uh, record after record in Utah these days. He's their uh, all-time leader in three-pointers, mate. And, uh, yeah, he's got about 34,000 points to catch Carl Malone for their uh, all-time leading scorer. So I think he's going to do that in the end, yeah. Uh, Lee, you're coming in crystal clear. Great video image. I don't know. So you made a coffee. You fired up your green egg. You had a pizza. Uh, 
Uh, what did you do? Just reboot the I internet? T- I, I just, no, I just turned. I actually re- well, I changed my internet uh, service before. That didn't seem to work, so I just went for the old turn her on and t- turn her off and turn her back on, and that seems Smooth. to have worked. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, enjoy it while it's here. I have no idea if it's going to last. Okay. Uh, well, the other game I wanted to talk about just briefly. Hold on, Skeets. I just did the math again. It's actually okay. thirty-three times for the Jazz making fifteen threes. They're twenty-seven in sticks. Still impressive. Oh, Jesus. A great yeah. record. Yeah. yeah. They, hit, they hit the threes that are a tough out, especially with that defense with Gobert in the back line there. Uh, the other game I wanted to briefly touch on, the Wolves versus the Knicks. 102-101. The Wolves got it done. But we got to show a little love to Wolves rookie Anthony Edwards. He scored 12 of his 24 in the fourth, really in the final eight minutes, uh, to bring the Wolves back. This is a tough loss for the Knicks. Uh, Malik Beasley hit the go-ahead three with about 35 seconds to go there on the wing. Uh, set up by Anthony Edwards, like, you know, driving in there, kicked it out. This is a special takeover here for a 19-year-old kid. He averaged 24.2 points per game in the month of March, which is the third most in a calendar month by a teenager in NBA history uh, with a minimum 10 games. Trailing, Lee, I'll put you on the spot. Trailing who? LeBron. Correct. Yeah. And? Nice. Uh, Kobe. Nah. Ooh, no. Good try. Carmelo. Carmelo. Car- Carmelo. Yeah. 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 But um, what was Anthony Edwards shooting from three-point range for the month of March? <laughs> Just a little bit of a joke back at uh, Nate Duncan from earlier this oh, season. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, he has played really impressively. Yeah. This got so ugly, like hilarious, like shacked in a fool, like ugly with the team's like turnover after turnover after turnover like they were trying to give away the game to each other but Beasley to get the Wolves back into it and to give them the lead was awesome and I thought this was a telling quote from Michael uh uh from from Malik Malik Beasley excuse me Michael Beasley Uh, (laughs) he said he said I just sit in the corner and let Edwards drive he wasn't really in the corner so that was a little weird but his confidence is ridiculous this is again Beasley talking about Ant I trust him more than anyone on the team to get the ball and get the bucket for us and make the right play. Again, a 19-year-old rookie, a lot of truth to that. I saw at T-Wolves blog tweeting, historically I can think of only two other former Wolves who could single-handedly win the team, uh, will the team, excuse me, to a win. And Edwards, he thinks, T-Wolves blog, might full well be the third and soon because uh, you don't see this type of sort of takeover mentality from this franchise often, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was intrigued by who he was speaking of. I assumed Kevin Garnett, and I thought the other one was probably Jimmy Butler, who was uh, obviously willing that team to uh, the playoffs and a lot of victories. That's who it was. You know, there were people saying, well, what about Marbury? Or like uh, (laughs) Sam Cassell there for a moment. Yeah, Kevin Love had his moment. But he was saying consistently, Edwards is like already starting to get there a little bit here in the month of March, of course, uh, and that KG and Jimmy are, were two guys in franchise history that could actually will a team to victory. I, I agree with it 100%. And uh, this is great stuff from the Wolves as that number one pick who started slowly and has turned it on Lee. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy for Anthony Edwards and I'm happy for the Timberwolves because this was the draft where you really didn't want to have the number one pick in, in some ways because it wasn't a clear-cut decision. And some people were like, well, LaMelo Ball is the best prospect, but then you just traded for uh, D'Angelo Russell. So, you know, do you really need LaMelo Ball there? Instead, they take a, you know, somewhat a bit of a flyer as well, just because of what happened last year. We didn't have the tournament. We didn't see a lot of games. And this guy also had the reputation for not even being a big basketball fan. So it was almost like, man, the Wolves just can't catch a break. 
But he's shown. he's He's got himself ready. He's got a good body. He's almost ready for the NBA in that sense. Like, he's got a big, mature body. He's athletic. He can hit the three. He's, co- he's confident. And uh, there's finally... He drives. He attacks, Yeah, he man. does. That's what he I does. Love. I mean, there's a big difference between, you know, playing well and then turning those into victories. But at least the Wolves can't sort of look back at this draft now and go, we should have taken Wiseman. We should have taken Lamelo. They, they've made the right decision here with Anthony Edwards, uh, and it's paying off. So that's something that's very, very important for, in Minnesota, just to have some hope again because honestly coming into this season I remember talking about it on the preview shows I was like I just don't see any change on that team even though they brought in a couple of vets and and, and things like that but uh, now in Anthony Edwards I think he can be a keeper for them they still do have the fewest wins in the league Lee. Yeah. I mean you know Anthony Edwards has been playing incredible they've given him more responsibility and that has helped Anthony Edwards they got a win last night but they still have the fewest wins in the league Are they going to turn the team over to Anthony Edwards in not too long? I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has had an incredibly tough year. This feels like just a gap year for him. But the timelines for them, they're close. I don't know if they're exactly accurate. And Carl Anthony Towns is a guy who would fetch a huge haul in a trade uh, trade return. I would love to see these guys get a chance to play alongside each other for a little bit here. Because what Edwards is doing is a little bit different than I think what people are expecting coming into the league. Because... The concern was always that he settled for jumpers and wouldn't drive inside, but that has not been the case. There's so much more space in the NBA, especially playing with a stretchy big man like Carl Anthony Towns, that it's almost easier for Edwards to get inside in the NBA than it was in college. You see that a lot with teams, you know, where they just, a college team will just park a couple of big guys in the lane because that's what you do when you're in college. You got to play your tallest guys sometimes, but it makes it harder for the guards to drive. But he seems to have figured it out already here two-thirds of the way through his rookie season. Yeah, he's got the strength. He's got the speed, of course, to turn a corner, but then he can take that first initial contact and sort of drive through it. And that was the thing. Like, this comeback, when he was hitting all these shots to get him back in, they weren't like uh, the Devin Booker variety, like, yeah, turn around, you know, mid-range. Like, he had an awesome game, by the way, D-Book. But, like, they weren't that. They were, like, attacking, attacking. He had one that was, like, a tip-in, like, super late. Then these ones where he was setting up guys. Like, it was an all-around, like, you're right, like, a bit of a takeover here. And I'm with you, Trey. I hear what you're saying about Cap, but... Yeah, let them at least play out, of course, this season. That's bound to happen. He's not being traded now after the deadline. But, like, I want to see them sort of a fresh start. If, like, this is the one-two punch with Cat and Ant, let's give it a go at the very least because, uh, as we've sort of talked about a million times, it, it's like, it was a lost season. It was just an unfortunate season for Carl uh, Anthony Towns, probably mentally, and, uh, then, then, and then, of course, it turned into physically with COVID and all that. So... I would like to see them just have a chance as a one-two punch. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but let's give it a go at the very least. All right, we got to keep moving here. Jeez. Next question. Best highlight from last night. Let's do this quickly. Lee, what's your uh, your favorite best highlight from, uh, again, a ton to pick from? Well, I'm going with a collection of highlights because it's from Ja Moran out in Memphis. Uh, he never seems to score the same basket twice. You know, like like for me, one of, one of my favorite players is Bradley Beal and his shooting mechanics and how he gets every jumper looking so beautiful is what I like about him. But... Ja Morant never shoots the same shot, certainly twice in a row. Uh, and he likes to increase his own the difficulty on each time. And, and that happened last night. Uh, so I've got three that I'm going to throw at you guys. I hope you saw them. I'm not sure if you did. But he had a fast break uh, early. I think it was in the third quarter where he seemed to jump a little too early and off the wrong foot. But he finished just beautifully with mm-hmm. his left hand. That was gorgeous. Then later in the game... He, he, he kind of jumped into Rudy Gobert and rather than release it straight away going up against one of the best shot blockers in the game, 
he kind of hung on to the ball for a little bit, almost giving Rudy a chance to get back into it. And then he kind of like rainbowed it over Rudy's head and went in off the backboard. That was incredible. Uh, he had a gorgeous uh, left-hand layup, uh, left-hand uh, pass to Xavier Tillman as well, where he just wrapped it around. Might see that one later in the week too somewhere. That's what we call a tease uh, in the biz. Uh, uh, sounds kind of sexy, sexy, mate. Sounds a little sexy to me. You're talking about the best highlight? <laughs> but it was, a, it was a layup, so it might just sneak in. We'll see. But uh, And then earlier in the game, oh my God, Joe Ingles. He, he crossed Joe Ingles up twice on one mm-hmm. play and Joe, Joe looked like just that guy in the Y who hasn't played for a while you know he kind of stumbled around he tried to get back into it and then Morant just went in and just floated the ball up beautifully uh, he just continues to be must watch it sort of feels like we've almost been a bit spoilt from him that, that we aren't maybe appreciating them as much as we did last season when he was you know sort of burst onto the scene but uh Man, I mean that was a that was a fun game actually last night. The Grizzlies mm-hmm. kind of were hung, hung around in that one. Jazz pulled it out in the end. It was a couple of plays that if they'd just gone the other way, maybe the Grizzlies uh, can can uh, steal it. But yeah, Ja Morant just continues. Like you're watching him, and it's like, man, I got to put this one up. I got to put this one up. I got to put this one up. But yeah, you were blasting clips left and right. <laughs> ja Dime, Ja Beauty. Yeah, I saw you doing that. I love it. Those are good. He's look. He is on the. If you, if you can only make a list of, like, five guys you'd pay a lot of money to go see yeah. live, he'd, he'd be on my list. I, I, absolutely. I would want to see it in person because he's, he's just so much fun. Trey, highlight from the night last night. Well, Lee, you talk about a pickup sort of run, <laughs> and that's what I loved from C.J. McCollum last night. C.J. McCollum, shocker, is not a big shot blocker. He had 10 on the season coming into last night, but don't tell that to Corey Joseph. <laughs> C.J. swatted a C.J. jumper, then... Hit him with the Matumbo finger wave. I love it. That is a very pickup basketball move. To talk trash about something you don't actually do a lot of the time. Got credit for another block a little bit later. That's more of a strip, a low strip on Damian Lee. But Blazers got another win. Three straight since Nurkic came back. They did a pretty solid job with him out of the lineup. 19 and 13, but they're a lot better with him back. 10 and 5. Playoffs going to be about matchups as always, but if the Blazers get a good draw, if they stay healthy, which is always a question with Portland, it seems, they've got the superstar, they've got the second star, they've got some depth, and they got some continuity. They're going to be dangerous come postseason time. That that block, I mean, it's on Corey Joseph. If CJ's blocking a big guy, you can understand why the, uh, the finger wag comes out. If you're just blocking a guy who's smaller than you... I mean, are you allowed to pull out the uh, finger wag like that in the middle of the game? So it Didn't Dikembe Matumbo mostly block guys that were smaller well, than him? Well, yes, but that that was his <laughs> trademark. I'm just saying with CJ, it's like early in the game, he's just doing that. Like, where's that sort of... Uh, like, why is he taunting Corey Joseph like that? It was a good play. Great play. Just unusual that he pulled it out then. Usually you would see a guy do something when it was a little bit more impactful, like maybe on the last play, a decisive play, that he's like, no, 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 I got him, you know, for a guy who's not a shot blocker. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think he was doing it honestly for the joke of it, and like yeah, Trey it's said, comedic like, he never timing. You ever heard of it? So he's like, uh, "Yeah, well, I'll throw this up." Oh my god, great pull there, JD. Great work. Uh, my highlight of the night—you already talked about it a little bit, Lee, uh, before you uh, went and made a pizza. Uh, Luca's deep <laughs> step back three. Now you could say, "Well, which one?" Because he had a couple of them uh, hitting seven, mostly of the step back variety. It really is like. It's. I think there was a chart going around, probably from Kirk Goldsberry, showing mm. like the most step back threes over the last couple of years, and it's like hardened by a mile. Like it's hilarious how far out ahead he is. But then I think it's Luca. 
Because this is like his go-to move. And that, there was one that he hit. It must have been like, what was it, like 35 feet or something. It was yeah. so deep. The Celtics played it well. They were up on him. And it just didn't matter. He was feeling it and just splashing it. And that was like late in the game. It was sort of like, uh, sort of closed the door on a bit of the comeback there from the Celtics. So I'll go with those uh, as my sort of best highlight from the yeah. last night. And Jeff Van Gundy, because Mike Breen gave it a really good bang on that one. You got to give it a bang. Yeah, and Jeff Van Gundy was like, "Give us a double bang on that." But uh, mm. you can't, you can't. I mean, if the ba- if the double bang doesn't come out naturally, you can't then go back no. to it. So no, no, but, that uh, deserved one bang. It was yeah. perfectly banged. Okay. <laughs> um, final question here, guys, for you: What playoff race intrigues you the most? Because obviously, you know, we're, we're jockeying for position at the top of the conferences for home court. For six seed, obviously, to avoid the plan, to get into the plan. Like, there's like, feels like there's a million to watch. But, Lee, which one are you like most focused on right now? Well, I'm sticking with the Mavericks, as I alluded to earlier, uh, because I'm still not quite sure about them. I mean, are they uh, closer to the play in tournament than they are to sort of being certainly home court advantage in that first round? Uh, Luke is obviously a stud, no question about that. And he can do amazing things. He's the sort of player who can almost drag a team to a playoff victory by himself. He's that good. But he does also cover uh, some of their problems, I think. Porzingis is clearly their second best player. Um, And last season in the bubble, before he got injured in the playoffs, he was good. But that's what I keep coming back to with Porzingis is, is how durable is he? And can he continue to play at both ends effectively? Because they need him. They absolutely need him to be good on the defensive end and then fantastic on the offensive end. He was, he was pretty good last night. And he's been good, you know, when he plays. But I'm still a little bit um, unsure about him in that sense. And then who's their next best player? Because, you know, Finney Smith, Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, those guys are okay. But it's probably Jalen Brunton, who's actually their most reliable third best player. And, and he's good. You know, he comes off the bench. Uh, he was good closing out the game last night. But uh, they just seem to me like a, a team that, that might just get bounced in the first round. If it's, certainly if they finish eighth and they have to face the Utah Jazz. I mean... Um, you know, the, the Mavericks are not a good home team. Does that matter as much this season? Maybe not, but no matter what, you know it is just harder to win on the road in the playoffs. So to do that for more than one round is going to be tough for them. They've also got to try to catch the Nuggets and Blazers who are like three and a half games ahead of them just to get sort of out of that playing tournament. And I think for the for the Mavericks, uh, you know, whoever they face, if they do make the playing tournament, you know, maybe it's the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, maybe it's the Warriors, Spurs. It could be one of those teams. That'll be tough for them as well. So um, I really want to see if Dallas can just get themselves into sixth at at worst uh, into the playoffs. So then they are in that first round no matter what, and they don't have to play uh, an extra game or two just to qualify in there. So. Uh, I think that I think that nobody would sort of want to match up against them in that first round, just because they know that they're the team that I think is uh, maybe the Blazers, I guess, more likely to cause an upset. But they could also just find themselves basically done from the uh, playing tournament. So um, mm-hmm. they've they've got they've got quite a margin to swing there between being potentially a, a, you know, a team that could cause an upset in a round or two to maybe not even making the the big dance. Trey, where what are you watching? Is it in the Western Conference, Eastern Conference? What do you got your eyes on? Well, Skates, you know I'm watching the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. (laughs) Maybe the only team more disappointing than the Bulls since the trade deadline is the Raptors. Couple of more ugly losses for the no-dunk squads last night. The Raptors lost to the Thunder. And the Thunder started Svi Mikhailuk, Teo Maladon, Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown, and Kenrich Williams. A who's who of who? Yeah. 
The Bulls didn't have Zach Levine, so they ended up starting a starting lineup where the smallest player was six foot seven Tomas Sadoransky at point guard. Not a great matchup against the Suns team built completely around guards. 45 for Devin Booker, had a clutch bucket late on Patrick Williams. A lot of people in the stream team were saying, the pause block, what an incredible block. Yeah, that was a very cool block, but he also got roasted (laughs) all last night. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm a big Pat Williams fan. I think he's going to be a great player. I don't think he's going to be Kawhi Leonard in the sense that he's locking down scoring guards. Seemed to be a bit more of a big wing to me, Patrick Williams. Maybe a 3-4 sort of tweener, but... We got five straight losses now for the Bulls. They literally haven't won a game since I did the Bulls are back flop. Sorry, my fault. Four straight losses for the Raptors. As our friend Blake Murphy said, the vibes are so bad, even Fred Van Vliet didn't have anything to say after this loss. I'm still tracking it, though. Bulls got a two-game lead for 10th right now. These two teams are on a crash course for next week's graveyard match yeah. on the happy hour. No surprise, this game is not going to be featured. It's going to be a league passer. We've got one Bulls guest tentatively lined up, but at this point I'm wondering if we might want to invite all the Bulls and Raptors fans we know to hop on the stream and pay their respects to these two storied franchises because oh. it has been a bad week and a half for Chicago and Toronto. Yeah, it has. Uh, whoever loses that game, it's over. We're definitely burying yeah. them. Yeah. Go ahead, Lee. Oh, the Bulls are only three games clear of the Magic, too. Imagine imagine if the Magic finish above the Bulls after this. <laughs> Good thing that pick's protected, baby. <laughs> that was always my favorite part of that trade. Wow. Yeah, yeah, rough, rough, rough. Um, okay, so there you go. There's some questions from last night. I know we didn't get to every single uh, game. Didn't get to your team's victory. We apologize, but don't worry. Tass talked about them on what you need to know very quickly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tubies. It's the oh, up-down oh. report. All right, first one. JJ Redick made waves yesterday when he shared on his podcast about his displeasure with the Pelicans for trading him to the Mavs. Uh, we talked about it briefly on Beach Step-In. We slipped it into the show. You weren't there, Lee, so we'll start with you on this one. But JJ revealed... He asked for a trade before the start of the season and that David Griffin promised to oblige him if the situation didn't work out during the season. And then, quote, JJ here, obviously, Griff did not honor his word. Um, said a lot more about it. I, I encourage you to go listen to what he actually said because I've seen people sort of spin it into headlines or, you know, tweets that actually don't represent sort of what JJ was getting at. You know, the, the main one I'm saying is like he demanded a trade to the Nets. No, mm. he didn't. 
He absolutely did not. I don't. You didn't listen to the podcast, if that's what you're saying. But he did criticize Pelican's front office, uh, you know, pretty openly on his own podcast. So, Lee, what do you think? Are you up or down on JJ criticizing uh, Griff and the Pelican's FO? Uh, I'm down on this one, JJ. Uh, now, I didn't listen to it, but I did read about it. So I'm, I'm coming from that angle. And uh, it do, And I also saw on the jump as well, Richard Jefferson and Robert Ory talked about it, that, you know, JJ did say that he wants to go and get a trade. That's fine. That's what uh, several players do. They want to go to a situation where they can potentially win. Now, whether or not he demanded Nets, you're saying he didn't. So, okay, I'll, I'll uh, take your word for it on that. But I think Jefferson actually had some good points. They're saying, you know, JJ, at this stage of your career, you're not in that sort of like, hey, I'm out of here. Send me to a good team, good situation. He's a good vet, you know, but uh, he's just not that bigger name where he can start calling the shots where he wants to go and how he wants to get out of there. And uh, Stan Van Gundy addressed this too before the game, saying, you know, we always hear about it. It's a business, you know, from the uh, the player's point of view and from the uh, the franchise point of view. And the franchise is, is well within its rights with a player of JJ's standard at his age to be like, we want to sort of see what we can get for him, see what the best value is. It doesn't really matter to us. So I think um, I'm surprised things didn't work out between he and Stan Van Gundy because they have got a history together there in Orlando. And, and coming into the season, it sounded like uh, JJ was actually happy to be playing there with Stan. Got off to a great start, had 23 points in his first game. And I thought, uh, this is a perfect match here for a, a veteran on, on a youngish team uh, that he can come out there and give them scoring. But it didn't work out. So... I think it's a little bit of sour grapes there from JJ. And um, ultimately, I just don't think he's got that sort of pull to be able to uh, sort of take shots at the franchise on his way out the door. TK, anything uh, to add to what you were talking about this yesterday? Not really. I do think this is kind of an up and a down because if you're JJ Redick and he was told, we're going to find a place for you that is favorable for you, you can't blame him for being upset. If that's what he was told, apparently the Pelicans front office should have just told him, Hopefully we can do that. You yeah. know, maybe that will be the case, but the guy's in a tough spot. He, uh, he now ended up further away from his family, and he said he has been having problems even getting a chance to see his family this season. That's got to be an impossible situation to be in. But for the Pelicans, they're trying to do business, help their team, like Lee is saying, like Richard Jefferson was saying. J.J. Redick doesn't really have the juice right now to kind of pull this move. Hasn't been with the team long. He's near the end of his career couldn't he have taken a buyout, signed anywhere yeah. he wanted to? I think that's another option he could have gone, but it's kind of a reminder to me. This is a business. Teams are going to do what's the best for them, as they should. So players should do what's the best for them, as they should. I thought what was telling a quote from JJ. He said, quote, I don't think what happened with me is necessarily an isolated incident. Now, that, that opened my eyes a little bit, because that was him really, to me, going at Griff. That's not him sort of just complaining about what happened with him. He is saying, I'm, maybe I'm reading into it a little much, but like, no, they, they've done this before. Maybe like uh, promises have been uh, made and not kept. Uh, I don't know if he's saying in general in NBA front offices, uh, probably that's happened. Or is he saying it specifically about uh, Griff and the Pelicans? Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. But yeah, people were torn on that one. Go ahead, Lee. It's down to interpretation of, of a conversation you had as well. I mean, maybe David Griffin, you know, he thought that JJ was like, I would love to go to a better team. And he's like... Yeah, I mean, if we can find a deal, we'll send you there. Mm. But, you know, if we're not getting anything back and uh, then, you know, we're going to have to do what we can to get you to get our best return. Who knows? I mean, it's it's, it's a conversation that happened months ago. And, um, you know, there's always uh, everyone sort of got got their own side of the story there. And uh, that's what it sort of sounds like here. 
Next one. Pelican Star, sticking with the Pelicans, Zion Williamson, and Slam have partnered on a brand new NFT release, which drops tomorrow. The collection features 12 NFTs, non-fungible tokens, uh, designed to look like, I guess, sort of animated magazine covers. Um, You're seeing a preview of them now on the stream team. So, Trey, up or down on the Zion Times Slam NFT release? Oh, sure. I'm up on these. I think they look cool. I was just recently on eBay looking at uh, NBA Hoops did a series with Slam of these covers and some other covers that they've done throughout their uh, their long history. And I was eyeballing one of those. Now suddenly it's an NFT, a non-fungible token. I'm loving it. The 500 series, kind of accessible. They say it's first come, first serve. 0.2 ETH though, Skeets. Woo. It's about 380 bucks right now. Plus you're paying a huge gas fee. You might be doubling up on that. The elevated versions, they're going to auction and who knows what those go for. Zion's going to be one of the faces of the NBA for the foreseeable future. Uh, He's going to, which, you know, is going to coincide, obviously, with digital collectibles picking Mm. up steam. So, yeah, uh, now that's an NFT. I don't know. Maybe I should uh, dip out of the eBay game, get into the MetaMask game here, Skeetsy. I mean, they These do pretty look, cool. Like, they look cool. Yeah. Um, except the basketball. <laughs> that one's The sucks. first ever digital basketball? <laughs> that one's brutal to me. Not it's a like, big fan. My I favorite's actually, the future one. I think yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Lee, what do you think? Uh, you know, you're not into the uh, Top Shot Hot Boys world, but, uh, you know, I see people in the comments. Also, Michael, not a fan of the NFTs, uh, but where do you stand? Oh, I, I'm fine with them. I mean, that looks cool. That, that's what you said. Like, they do look cool. It's my, maybe not be my uh, my thing, but uh, mm-hmm. it looks great. And that is the future. You know, that's where it's all going to be. Basically, though, they did rip off the font from Back to the Future, didn't they? I mean, uh, well, I, yeah, I think I think that's what. Purposely. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no. <laughs> One of the greatest no. trilogies of all time. So maybe that's what they're trying to get the old heads like me in by just saying, uh, you, oh, know, you know, let, let's uh, totally. sexy it up. Something he might like here, but. Uh, yeah, it looks awesome. So, uh, yeah, so you, you can buy this, but we don't know how much for right now. Is that is that true? Well, well, Trey said it's uh, what did you say? Point two. The base uh, level is like point two. Yeah, but but, but what ETH. does that mean? It's like well, I mean, you know what Bitcoin is? Yes. You know Ethereum? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's like Bitcoin, right? Um, okay. Where it's a cryptocurrency. And yeah, you could, there's ones that you can bid on, probably the ones with the autographs and stuff like that. And then there's like this base one that it's like, I think Trace said first come first serve by the sounds of it. So there's going to be, a, well, not, not thousands of them, but like a decent amount where people each, can get. Yeah. Like 500 of the base future, 500 of the one that says Zion, and then 500 of each of those glorious basketballs. I, I like uh, Zion's um, signature. I'm a big oh, yeah. fan of how he does his uh, Z or Z for my Canadian. <laughs> right I like yeah. That. I mean, the autograph version is going to be wicked. Yeah. Right, but then um, how do you uh, actually purchase it, though? Like, do you bid for it? Well, again, some of them you have to bid for. Some you just can sort of outright buy if you're quick enough to the gun when whatever this thing is released tomorrow. Yeah, and you're doing it, obviously, through the... I think it's on OpenSea is the marketplace Mm -hmm. for a lot of NFT art. Don't worry, that's where we're going to have the Lee Ellis uh, No Dunks NFT. That's where, Lee, you're going to be able to go buy your own NFT. Two animated thumbs popping up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You got a good signature, Lee? I can't remember your signature. Uh, Decent one. Pretty simple. It's a pretty simple signature. Nothing too sexy, but, you know, it's fine. So it's fine. All right. They're coming. 
Just you hold on. No Doug's NFTs. They're, they're in the pipeline. Okay, final one here. I got to set this up. Uh, Toby and Boby together again, guys. Uh, this time teaming up for a new commercial for Goldfish Crackers. Uh, it's a short commercial. Let's take a quick look. Really? They're goldfish. I always go for the handful. I got about 73 here. I get more than 73. Go for the handful. There it is. 15 seconds of comedy Ricky. gold. Bobby and Toby back together again. JD, I wanted to get your take on this first. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on this new commercial? Uh, I'm thumbs down. Mm. Definitely thumbs down. Um, look, I... I am a bromantic. I enjoy a bromance, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Toby and Bobby are great. I think they have chemistry together. But the whole bit is Boban's hands, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't get the payoff. You don't mm. get to see yep. the goldfish in the hands. So they sort of, they kind of whiffed it, right? Like they step on the joke. I mean, we have a clear shot of Tobias's hand yeah. there. Yep. A lot, lots of goldfish. Yep. And I did enjoy the ripping of the bag and because he's got big hands. But again, you're selling the hands. I want to see those hands. I want to see all those goldfish in the hands. And then it would have worked. And there is a 30-second version of the same commercial. I thought, oh, maybe, they've sh- maybe they show yeah. the hands there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it just got cut for time. It's a 15-second spot. I mean, you don't have a lot of time. There is no shot of the hands. There is a cute little part at the end which actually saves it a little where Tobias says, go get the vacuum because he spilled okay, all right. the... Uh, yeah. So that part of it was cute. But the, you know, that's what my mother, if anything that I ever show her that I've produced, she'll just go, hmm, that's cute. <laughs> and that's basically <laughs> how I feel about this. So yeah. you know, maybe that's my upbringing yeah. talking, but uh, I think they, they really whiffed it on this one. I so, agree wholeheartedly with the, uh, I can't believe we're not seeing Boban's hand yeah. in totally. this commercial. For the whole thing, the whole bit is, yeah, grab a handful or whatever the hell the hashtag was for, for goldfish crackers. Uh, Lee, where do you stand? Like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thumbs up on those guys being in a commercial together. Yeah. Everybody does like them, but I don't think it's a great commercial. Do you remember the HEB commercial when Kawhi Leonard was doing the laundry and he had that huge hand, or oh, the huge pile of towels and they were like Kawhi and he's like what I'm doing my laundry that's what I would have done as well here with Boba and just had like you know like his hands and just have like a million goldfish coming right, out there right, just to, right. to emphasize again his hands are gigantic so I was a little just a little surprised I was waiting for something more there so and, and I'm, I'm actually glad to hear JD and, and your response as well because I was like oh, I think I'm going to be that guy who's like I don't really think this is a great commercial but uh, <laughs> fortunately there's a little bit of support out there so uh, I'm great and the thing with goldfish is before I had kids didn't even know they existed and now it's just like I've eaten so many goldfish in the last nine years it's unbelievable <laughs> they're so good <laughs> oh, <laughs> they, they are delicious goldfish so. are great but I mean, y'all nailed it. This is Chekhov's hands here. If you've got Boban's hands in a commercial and we see it for less than a split second, you're wasting Boban's hands here. Like, there should have been a shot of him. You know, Tobias grabs his. Oh, I got 73. We see it. And then Boban's like, okay. And then he just keeps pouring. Pouring pouring and pouring and pouring. They're staring down each other. Then we open it. We look. It's a giant hand. It's barely full. The line is still the same. More than 73. Give us more hands. It's kind of like when we watch Semi-Pro. We want to see more puke out there on the court when Will Ferrell finally throws up. We want to see Boban's hands. They're the star of the show. It it occurred to me that 
is it possible they only had one bag of goldfish and <laughs> it ripped and then that was it? They oh, kind of fell on wow. the floor and oh. it was just like, <laughs> Damn. Oh, well, I guess we can't get that shot that we wanted. Is Maybe. I mean, that's the thing. They could have gone the complete other way, too, and make it funny that Bobon with his giant hands only eats, like, one goldfish at a time or something. Like, is very dainty sure. with it. Mm, like, you yeah. could also do that. But we want to see the hands is what we're getting yeah. here. Okay. Nice to see them back together. I uh, hope we didn't upset too many people out there, because I'm sure people are loving it, that they're in it, uh, and they are together. But yeah, I feel like the wizards of Karth right now. Can we see the hands? <laughs> Might we see the hands, Bobon? <laughs> All right, that's the up-down report. That was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? That's okay. Very weird. Uh, let's see your thumbs. Let's see. make sure we see your thumbs in the comments, okay? Don't hide <laughs> Pause them. up. Yeah, uh, let, let's see them for sure in the YouTube comments. Okay, we got Tweet of the Night still. We got to restart uh, a new whole pick'em. But first, quick break. Hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet, ah. What do you got, TK, for us? Oh, it's me again, baby! Tweet of the night comes to us from Dragonfly Jones, a must follow on Twitter. Simple tweet. Godzilla should have tried to hoop instead of killing all them people. He's tall as hell. <laughs> Can't disagree. Uh, but my question for y'all, who wins in a one-on-one -on -one game? Godzilla or Kong? Mm, wow. Go ahead, Tough Lee. Call. Uh, yeah. I think Kong. I think he's a little more agile. I think that tail is going to slow down Godzilla a little bit. Now, maybe he uses it to advantage to sort of uh, create some space, but I just think Kong's got the strength. He's got the balance. I think he does a bit of bar three. He's got that uh, even spread. And, uh, <laughs> and also, I think um, Kong can keep his emotions in check a little bit. I think, I think Zilla is a little bit too emotional out there. 
Uh, he's got the sharp teeth. You know, you don't want to take a bite from him. But uh, I just think what the what the Kong man can do is get behind him and get him into like submit. Oh God, how many things are you going to these guys? That's what I just, I just yeah. <laughs> Zilla is a killer, but you ain't going wrong with Kong. Oh God! Wow, he saved us. Was that our pick'em for tonight? Kong versus Godzilla. I like it. I think Godzilla has home court advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Minus one and a half for Zilla. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I am backing the Kong man, as we call him now, uh, as well. In, you know, in a one-on-one battle, I think it's a tight game. You know, it's gonna be rough. Uh, it's, uh, what the hell? How'd you do that? You just find that amazing. We're seeing a photo of uh, Zilla backing up Kong man. Yeah, I think this is a this is poor strategy here by Godzilla. I wouldn't be trying to post up King Kong. It seems to me that the the advantage that Zilla, <laughs> his street ball name Zilla would have is uh, he seems like he's more rangy, more of a stretch five. And uh, yeah. I don't I don't know what um this just seems to be a bad use of resources here. Why are you trying to back down King Kong? The other thing I'm a little confused of. You know, I say that uh, Godzilla is stretchier, the longer player out there, but it looks like King Kong has more wingspan. You know, mm-hmm. very short arms on Godzilla. Kind of a Kevin Willis out there. A Kevin Zillis, if you will. <laughs> yeah, the shooting, that's the thing. You think he might be a stretch five, but I don't think Zilla can shoot at all Mm-mm. because it's like, uh, you know, shout out to my buddy Dan Tanner I went to school with. We call him, he had the dinosaur arms, short arms. And, uh, you know, t- tough to get that ball up above his head. Easy to block. Uh, Kong's going to be all over him. So I'm taking Kong. Uh, in a one-on-one. Let's hear from you guys. Okay. Uh, well, tonight's pick them as we started all over again. I got to pay off uh, March. Don't you worry about that. We'll get to that. Uh, but we're starting to back up here for April. April 1st. And tonight's game, it's not Zilla versus Kong one-on-one. It is Denver versus the Clippers in LA. Denver on the road, but favored by one and a half. Uh, our pick them here brought to you by BetMGM. Lee, why don't you go first? Uh, who do you like in this one? Denver by one and a half, by two points or more, or do you like the Clippers to uh, either keep it close enough or get the W? This is a tough one to start out the month, isn't it? It's a close one here. Uh, I'm not sure which way to go, but I think the Nuggets win this game. They only need to win by one field goal, so I'll take Denver to win by two points or more. Okay, yeah, Nuggets are chasing the Clippers here in the standings. Trey, who do you like tonight? Yeah, I am also going to be on the Nuggets on this one. They've just been playing really, really well. And like you're saying, they are trying to chase down the Clippers. So give me Denver. Uh, I'm also going with you guys. Um, I just think the Nuggets are playing really, really good basketball right now. I think they're going to keep it rolling here in LAC. You never know who the hell's going to play for LAC, too. It's a bit of a problem. Not that it matters sometimes because they keep getting dubs. But let's find out who Tass is taking. I'll take the Nuggets here because it's a revenge game against the Clippers, who destroyed them the last time they played on Christmas Day. Denver. Oh, Tass doing his homework there. He's got revenge in mind. Okay, everybody taking Denver. Nobody swerving. Uh, Good luck to the Nuggets. Got to win by two or more. Okay, we'll call it there. Wow, bit of a wild show. Um... You know, things got better, Lee, once you restarted your computer or your Wi-Fi just, or whatever you ended up doing. Yeah. I just want to apologize to everyone watching because I know how much it sucks when some one guy is just lagging. I'm probably lagging right now. I'm probably no, doing it again. But It's uh, not brutal. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to be better tomorrow. <laughs> you, you know what's weird? It's like the first of the month is when you would think your Wi-Fi would be humming, right? Because as you, you know, sometimes you're on the month plan. Like I got the thing right. yesterday. 
you have reached 90% of your Xfinity, uh, you know, uh, you know, service. Like, uh, get, you're getting close, but it's like, ah, it's the final day. We're good. Like, we're just going to keep things streaming all day here. But the first of the month, you think, like, let's go. We're, we're re-energized. But, you know, yeah. maybe it's an April Fool's joke from, I don't know, are you Xfinity? Com crap? What are you? Yeah, I, I, I think we are. I don't, we've changed around. I think we're back to Xfinity now, I think. I don't know. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> just work, Internet. It's 2021. I mean, come on. You can't use Why the weather excuse. Wire, Remember man? the weather what? excuse we used to have back in the sort of early days of internet? Oh, it's <laughs> raining. It's windy. Okay, fine. Dial up. These days, it should be immaculate. There should not be any interruptions, but there still are. It's not like I live out in the uh, scrub either, you know? I'm, I'm right in the middle no, here. No, if Atlanta. anything, you've got all these holes in your roof. You should be getting better reception. Because <laughs> uh, the beams yeah. just come yeah. straight through. Okay. Uh, email us your NBA questions for the next Beach Devon podcast, nodunks at theathletic.com. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. We'll be better tomorrow with our Wi Fi service. You can guarantee that. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to The Athletic already. Theathletic.com slash nodunks or theathletic.com slash nodunks Canada if you're in Canada. Dollar a month for new subscribers still. So go to those links so they know that we send you later today we should have a brand new batch of nba whoopsies so that's something to keep an eye on on our no dunks youtube page and later tonight another nba happy hour really gonna put your wi-fi to the test tonight lately uh you're having a friend come on a pilot to talk to us about planes yes for, yes we're not gonna go three hours with them but uh 15 20 minutes talking planes why not oh, right? you, you, you'll be surprised you know a pilot's uh, he might be flying while he's doing it so he might have uh, eight Ooh. hours to kill so uh you know maybe wow. he's in the cockpit we're not sure but uh yeah looking forward to it brad's gonna join us okay brad so we will uh be firing up the nba happy hour live stream at halftime of what the heck is the game tonight i think it's like Nets Hornets I believe I think it's a weird one yeah I think the Hornets are on uh, TNT tonight so that's when we'll be going live whatever the first game is on TNT we're going live at halftime of that Charlotte Brooklyn 730 yes there you go there you go so we'll see you then if you want to join us live otherwise Clipper Bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember this comes from Max on the stream team Wake up, wake up, wake up, because your Wi-Fi is on. (laughs) First of the month, best day for streaming. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.